And every metal band, I mean, and I'm 100% sure that every metal band is Sabbath with a twist. That's it. I mean, you can trace every metal song to a Sabbath song. And I mean, I've been listening to the new Technical Ecstasy uh, reissue, mm-hmm. the Sabbath, the, the, the seventh album. And I mean, I love it. And, 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 it, and it's amazing what they, 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 they I mean, the, the whole body of work is just astounding. I mean, you, you listen to the first eight records and it's just, they, they created a style with, with every song. I mean, if you listen to Master of Reality, I mean, that's a whole genre of music in one record, you know? And then Volume 4 is another one. And then Technical Ecstasy is another one. I mean, nobody cares about that record. But it's a great record. And that's, that's what I hate about the, the, the whole internet thing. I mean, Technical Ecstasy is great, but people dismiss it just because of bad fame. But if you listen right. to it, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I, I want to listen to a band nowadays that can make something like that. And I, I, I mean, I'm never going to find it because there's no bands that make music like that anymore. I mean, I, and I don't I'm want not to sound like, like an old guy. But, you know. <laughs> old man yelling at cloud. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I haven't like, I mean, I'll be honest. I haven't really dove it. I haven't spent enough time with like the Dio years and whatnot. I'm kind of attached. Oh, to no, no. But that's, stuff. that's Aussie. That's Aussie. right. Right. But it's like that, that point in the, in their career where people are kind of like, eh, they're kind of not really doing the, the thing that we really liked anymore. And they were turning more into just like a, like a big heavy rock and roll band and and then obviously obviously Ozzy and everybody else comes in but I was like kind of I was listening to Mob Rules um, when I was putting together a playlist the other day and I'm like none of this is bad it's just a completely different band that's what I'm trying to say that's amazing but if you can how do you say that if you can refine yourself Mm -hmm. every four or five records that's amazing I'm your cypher Dylan and join me as you look back on the rich history of doom metal and its sister sounds based on their accounted tales of its followers. Every week we'll have a different guest to spin their yarn. You can visit the website at diaryofdoom.com, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, follow the podcast on diaryofdoom.podbean.com and subscribe and listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you have a question or whatever, you can fire off an email to diaryofdoom1968 gmail.com. Joining me for this week's chapter uh, is at the moment is uh, one half of the creative force behind Low Flying Hawks. Uh, we have Eddie, otherwise known as EHA, plays guitar in the band alongside Alex, aka AAL. They're based out of Mexico City. They have a new album out, which is actually the conclusion of their trilogy they've been working on. It's called Fuyu, and uh, it might just be my favorite record of the year. It fucking rules. Um, I, I really, really Thanks. enjoy it. So thanks for taking the time out of your day to talk with me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having us. 
So Alex will jump on probably in a few minutes and we'll pick yeah. up with him. So like what, um, before you, you know, got to putting together this project and whatnot, what were your early experiences with music? Do you have a musical background or oh, is yeah. it something that you picked up later on in life? Oh, no, no. We've been playing for maybe 30 years together. Wow. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. We started back in 96, 95, 95. We, we had a, like a band in called in uh, it was high school uh, before high school it was middle school mm -hmm. and we we used to play like slow slow rock and roll we called it we've always been we've always been really big fans of slow music we love slow music so i mean as the years went by we st we were on and off we we did some projects together then we i mean i played by myself and he played by himself and then one day I, I called him on the phone. He's been uh, uh, one of my best friends for like most of my life. And I called him and I told him that I was really into starting again and maybe uh, talking to Toshi and Dale and Trevor if they were interested in, in recording with us. I mean, we knew they had a really busy schedule, so we, we could only do like a studio project with them. And then they said yes, and and I mean we've been in this business for a long time, and we had this idea of merging. I mean, we I, I had this idea of merging uh, the I mean the doom we really liked from the like from the seventies, eighties, and nineties, namely Sabbath, uh, My Dying Pride, uh, Swans. You know this really 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 low, which is not mm -hmm. doom, but it's like very slow. Right, right. Uh, and we wanted to merge that with uh, uh, well, the genre known as shoegaze, which is like very, very dreamy, like ambient. cosmic rock, ambient, we really loved, yeah, atmospheric, ambient stuff. And we really, we, we, we wanted to try and merge those two styles together. So we started thinking of ideas of how to do it that we thought sounded cool because we didn't want to do like a, a complete, you know, like a, like an instant merge, you know, we didn't want to play slow and then play on top, like really dreamy vocals. We wanted to do something that worked. And then we were really big fans of, of, of the whole idea of ex existentialism and, and mm -hmm. uh, philosophy. And then, uh, so we thought, why don't we start making a trilogy of records that are based solely on, on, on the myth of Sisyphus, of, of the analysis of the myth of Sisyphus of Cam, uh, Albert Camus. And so lyrically, we started to head towards that way and musically we, we we wanted to do something super slow but really really crunchy and heavy and and layer and layer a lot of guitars and a lot of uh, vocals like dreamy vocals and we went to Toshi and we and we and we asked him what he thought about that idea and he loved it and Dale and and Trevor also liked it a lot so we we recorded our first record and we never thought it was gonna it, it, I mean people were gonna like it and they did so we, we recorded that second record, then we recorded the, the EP, which is like a complement to the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then we recorded this last uh, record, Fuyu. And that's it. That's, I mean, that's, that's the story. We came up with the whole, the whole concept of the band and the whole concept of the, of the records. But it was really, I mean, it was really fun for us and we had a great time. We loved everything we've put out and we're really proud of it. And, and I mean, we don't care about trends or... 
what's happening in music right now. We just, I mean, we've been playing doom metal for 30 years. Mm-hmm. So uh, funnily enough, it, it got really popular like seven years ago. And yeah, like, the explosion. It, it, what's happening, you know? I mean, we've been listening to that sleep record for, I mean, maybe since it came out and, and, and nobody cared about it. It was, it was really fun. It was really st- strange that it suddenly had that big following. And then, you know, it's like when you've been, li- I mean, we felt like the people who used to listen to the Velvet Underground and Nico record back in the 60s. And, and suddenly for 20 years, it went unnoticed. And then one day everybody was listening to it. And that's what happened to us. I mean, it was really funny. And then, I mean, I don't know what's going on with Toner or Doom, but it, it blew up like 10 years ago. And it was amazing. I mean, yeah, we're really I mean, it's happy it happened. Like all the festivals and everything. Yeah, they even have a stage for Stoner. No. Oh, yeah, it's it's garbage. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good. It's a global network of people. And I mean, it's it's certainly a very culty, dedicated fan base. You know, it's like, oh, it's, yeah. and it's it's just ripe with people that are like happy to talk about it. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really happy for the general because it, 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 it's, I mean, it's been deserving it for years and, and nobody cared about it. People thought it was too slow or, or too sloppy. I remember when that winter record came out, you know, like maybe it was 87. It was really slow and cathedral. Like and, that. I mean, bands that I really like that nobody cared about and nobody got the idea of, of playing slow and, and playing slow made, made it heavier. Like people always, always used to ask what's going on with, I mean, what's really heavy. People used to ask me, what do you recommend? That's really, really heavy. And I always thought about typo negative, which is one of my favorite bands. And everybody, when they, when they listened to it, it was like, this is really slow. This is not heavy. And I, and I was like, can't you feel the heaviness? I mean, slowing things down makes it way heavier than playing it really fast. And to me, it's much more emotional. Like the slow, the, the slow thing is, it's, I mean, it makes it darker. And uh, I don't know, it, every, every time I play a record that's really slow, I feel that the, the sky turns gray. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, and I, it's I, it, gives you, it gives you more time to kind of like, you're sort of sitting there, you're getting in a very specific mood, you might, and you, you kind of get lost in the music. And, you know, maybe you're doing a little bit of internal analysis on yourself, you know, and, you know, wherever that goes, it can tap into all kinds of emotions, whether it be like, you know, melancholy, or sadness, or grief, or, you know, whatever, you know, it's, um, but it definitely is music that allows you to kind of get in touch with um, sort of the emotional side of, of yourself versus like, you know, and there's, it's not that you can't get an emotional reaction out of, you know, speed battle or hardcore. It's just that it's faster. It's more aggressive and you, your brain kind of has to operate a little bit faster, <laughs> yeah. to like kind of digest it and, you know, really like, Oh shit, you know, I got to make like a, like, oh, I gotta make a decision like right now, but the other sort of like, <laughs> You know, you ruminate it, on it, you oh, think shit. on it, or whatever. So, but it, and it's not like, like I know people used to call it tool, like the thinking man's metal, and I'm kind of like, oh, that's a little bit of a pretentious title to give them. <laughs> it um, is, it is. But uh, you know, I don't want to go as far to say like that. You know, because most of the time, doom, they're talking about like very weird, abstract things. But certainly, I think it's a more vital music. You know, that's what I, call, it I. That's the way I would describe. You know, your album is that it's it kind of like it hits you sort of like 
you know, here in a way, and it makes you think about things, whatever that oh, yeah. might be. I mean, we've always been into, into music that makes you feel and makes you think. I mean, I, I really like, I, I like a lot of hardcore stuff and I really like, like speed uh, metal and fast stuff but i think the the slower stuff makes you i mean you need everything you know it's you just can't get into one genre and that's it you have to listen to everything i think and i mean it, i think the slow part makes you feel more and sometimes you need to feel more you know i really related to the electronic music movement from the 90s you used yeah. to call it brain dance, you know, and mm -hmm. I, I, I used to like techno a lot. So when I listened to Derek May or Kevin Saunderson or Model 500 from Detroit, I, I thought this is for dancing, you know, and then I thought somebody needs to start making this for when you're not dancing, when you want to sit down and listen to something like that, which Kraftwerk sort of did and all the German bands did. Yeah. But then came all this brain dance movement from like from the west of England. And it really changed things to me because it, it, it showed me that you, you, you have to break perception, you know, you have to destroy perception. You have to really create what you have in your mind. And, and what, what these guys did to me was mind blowing. I mean, nobody thought about it before because everybody was trying to, when they told you electronic music, you had to think of something fast that you could dance to. But what if your brain wants to dance? What if you want to dance without moving? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and that to me is the, the essence of doom. I mean, the essence of something really slow and, and you know, it's like burning and it's like pounding. That, and that's what I love about, about, about this genre. And I mean, when, when we started off, we wanted to do something that was really like every, every drum beat. And I mean, we have, I think, the best drummer of all time, but every drum beat, just crush you you know what i mean and that's what we what we wanted to accomplish and i did i, I think we did and i think dale is the perfect drummer to accomplish that and what i mean what what he's done with the melvins is just mind-blowing to me it's like i think maybe the best band of all time in terms of like their catalog and their persistence and their they don't give a shit about anything you know they just want to play music and they don't care if if they have to tour forever they're in a shitty van. They're just going to keep on doing it because that's what they love. And that to me is integrity, plain and simple. Yeah. And I have so much respect for them. It's just amazing. Well, there's like a few things that make low flying Hawks stand out for me. And like, you know, one of them I'll talk about later. Um, but like the first one again is like how you are able to pull in people like Dale and Trevor and they just mold to your music approach. Like, I can totally hear and recognize that it's like Melvin style drum patterns in the music, but it like really fits seamlessly into the sound. And it's like, it, there's just like this organic chemistry that you have. So like, you know, like, can you comment on that? And like, and also I'm assuming, was it just like a shot in the dark to try to work with them or were like, because you're just big fans of their work or did you have did you did you have like a established relationship with them oh we did and no and, and i mean I've, we've always been really really big fans of them so i mean i dale is just like the john bonham of of of, of like post john bonham you know you know what i mean i don't know how to call him but mm -hmm. his drum his drum sound is just huge how does it go back i mean like because you know you don't you, you know, you don't just like wake up one day and all of a sudden you're friends with Dale Crover and Trevor Dunn. Like, you know, because as Eddie had said that you 
have been playing together, doing music together since like middle school or, or whatever. Yeah. And, and just like, what else have you been doing? Like it's, 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 you know, to be playing, to be involved in music for 30 years and, you know, to just not really know like about it. It's like, that's kind of crazy, you know? <laughs> that is it. We, we've been playing like forever together since we were 11. <laughs> and, um, We've been all over the place. We 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 played many types of music. We we did it, and and then like six years ago, Eddie brought me the idea of low flying hawks and uh, all the all the metal thing and it's like all the doom thing. For me, every time I move for another uh, style of music, I come back to doom metal, and mm -hmm. I love metal, and I love Sabbath, and I love all the. European scene of the of the nineties and uh, all the beginnings in the eighties and so yeah when Eddie came and and brought me the idea I was very excited and it came as I said before it came exactly as we wanted to 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 to, to, to uh, be and it was just as simple as saying to them like you want to be part of this and they were just like yeah why the fuck not oh yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Eddie knew Toshi and then he introduced me. And we were like, uh, before, before we recorded, and as I said before, the, 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 the Dale Crower, when he, it, it was like, uh, uh, not planned things. Seamless. Was very, mm. Yeah. He heard the, the things we were doing with Toshi. He liked it. We invited him and he said he would be glad. And, and then we started together. And, and the Trevor thing was also funny because it was like a, like a, it, it was like, very lucky because we, we knew him as a musician and as a person and we were close, not friends, but we were close and we knew each other. But when when they were practicing Melvin's Light in the studio and we got there, it was like, oh my God, we, we never thought about Trevor, but he's here. So let's, let, let's invite him to be a part of it. And, and we were very into Bochren, you know, Bochren, the, the band, Bochren the, from Germany. Well, how do you spell it? B-O-H-R-E-N, Bochren, and Der Klub of, of Gore. That's the name of the band. <laughs> I've never heard of this band before. Oh, really? Oh, my God. You're going to love it. It's like doom jazz. So it's oh, like okay. very, 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 very slow jazz. So uh, and, he and was playing the, the, the huge upright bass he has. It's mm -hmm. like uh, twice as big as him because he's really small. <laughs> so uh, it, it was really they, funny they package metal musicians small small compactly small but they have a lot of energy talking about oh my of, god you know, like dancing I, I don't think nobody has the energy of of trevor i mean mm. he's just all over the place he's a he's one of the most underrated musicians of all time i think uh, him and dale i mean i think dale is probably as i said before he's the next best drummer of all time after Bonham and I don't think nobody can comes even close to him I mean when you see him play when you see the passion he has the knowledge he has he's just mind-blowing I mean he's a he's a hell of a human being I mean he's a really one of the nicest persons I've ever met uh, also Buzz obviously and not, uh, Toshi and, and Trevor but Dale is just a beast man I mean really he invented a style of drumming I think because nobody sounds like him I mean, you immediately yeah. recognize his drumming from miles away. Yeah, he's, I mean, from he's up there with, like, uh... <laughs> from... 
He's up there with like, you know, I am like a big fan of Ben Kohler from Converge. Like, and oh, that yeah. dude's in like a million projects. And like, I, I have a lot of appreciation for drummers that can play different styles and and make it work. And they don't even have like be the best, but it's I think it's more impressive to be able to play different styles and genres as opposed to like, you know, like, I don't know, like Mike Portnoy is- a I was, I was gonna say that word, I <laughs> Technic- swear. I mean, like technically an amazing drummer, but like- I don't even think that anymore. <laughs> well, I used to be- Technically, technically he is. I don't know. That's all- I mean, I don't like a, passion, he said joke. I'm sorry. Now. You know what I, I mean? I don't want to like, judge them because they're huge. I mean, yeah, they're really famous. And he, he's, I mean, he's, his drumming is really technical. But I don't, I don't, I don't see any passion there. And when they try, they try to sound like Radiohead, I think it was the sixth record or something like that. It made no sense to me, you know? It's like, why are you following trends if you have such a powerful, uh, following and such a powerful band why do you want to follow a trend you know what i mean i mean mm-hmm. it's like ridiculous and every time a band that big tries to do something like that it's just it goes down in ruins like i remember when metallica tried to do the the load on load thing which i like i mean i like all of the stuff they they've put out everything i mean i think james is like the the son of iomi for me as i said before there's no guilty pleasures for me and I say whatever I think. And I think James Hetfield is just hands down the best riff, riff guitarist after Tony Iommi ever. I don't, I don't, I don't think anybody comes even close to him. I mean, just, just analyze the amount of riffs that come out of him. It's just amazing. I mean, who does that? Just name one guitarist that can do that. Uh, well, it's like my, my friend joked about, like, we were talking about, I hate God. And he, and I was like, you know, I really dig this. And I feel like I've heard a lot of these riffs and he goes, it's because everybody's ripped off their riffs. <laughs> oh yeah. You know? Everybody. And I mean, it's a simpler style of playing music, you know, as opposed to like, you know, dream theater, Metallica, something like that. But it, you know, there's a lot of copycat bands in this scene that kind of just have, that sound and it's sort of like yeah it's, it's good you're very it's like you're talented and you can certainly play but you need like that humanity and that emotion injected in there otherwise you're just doing something that somebody already did in 19 you know 1970 1980 yeah. 1990 and so on and so forth you know like that's like what i was going to say about low flying hawks which you know i think it's a good way to segue of talking more specifically about uh fuyu is like is that emotional and human element that you put in the music and it's some of these albums that come out they lack sort of the focus of that you know sound and that because they are so focused on doing the sound and not sort of like what's like what is uh this actually about or whatever and the main theme like you talked about before is about sisyphus which is Greek, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, it was about a Greek myth about a king who's punished for cheating death. Um, so he had to push a boulder up a mountain, which is like basically impossible. Um, it's actually something that I use a lot in my own day-to-day language. Usually when I'm talking about a difficult task, you know, you describe it as like Sisyphean and, and whatnot. Exactly. It's like a very overdramatic way of describing something. It is. But at the same time, it's a good, it's a cool um, bit of uh, mythology to analyze because Heavy metal is no stranger to using that as a metaphor <laughs> or, or lyrics. Yeah, I mean, it's like half of metal is is all that. It's mythology, yeah. 
but it's a lot of the same shit over and over again. You know, Lucifer, the fallen angel, and and um, oh yeah, and all that. And the Norse gods, the Greek or the, the Greek or the Roman pantheons. You know, here it feels like you're really narrowing in on a specific thing that I don't feel is always you know talked about. Uh, it does. It, I feel like it's a little bit more ripe for analysis, so it feels more realized and dissected and you know i don't know if it's intentional or not but like it kind of feels like a bit of a mirror to the last couple of years where it really like just existing feels like a sisyphean task sometimes it is it is i mean we we, we knew what was going to happen before because somebody told us about it no no we didn't <laughs> it, it's it seems like we did because i mean man we just we recorded the album uh, what was it back in like 2018 and we had yeah. no idea that this like shitstorm was going to come and wrap the whole world around and put yeah, us in a... we spoke about it we spoke about imagine there's a like like a pandemic and everybody <laughs> yeah we spoke about it i i, I remember it like we did like, many times yeah yeah because we we always thought like Everybody says that every uh, like you know everything is gonna be set that is part. It was like everything is gonna be 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 the same way all the time, and nobody thinks about something happening to the world because you, you people hear about the water running out and people hear about natural disasters and there's the classic Trump guy that says no nah, that's bullshit it's just ridiculous how can you and it's it's gonna happen I mean and it's not bad you know what I mean that's the way the Earth works I mean. We're not the center of the earth, no. you know, and people tend to think that we're like the, the I mean, we're not even important to earth. It's like there, there's a great record by a band that I really love called Nada Surf. I don't know if you know them. Yeah. They're like, yeah. they're really, really famous. And I love them. I mean, they're one of my favorite bands. And there's a record they, they have the, the name of the record is the stars are indifferent to astronomy. So their earth is indifferent to humans. I mean, if the earth wants to destroy itself, it's going to destroy. And he, this is not going to cry because you're killing 7.5 billion lives. You know, like, like Stalin said, one, li one death is a tragedy. A million deaths is a statistic. And, and that's it. I mean, it's tragic what's happening, and it is. But don't get me wrong. I mean, the earth doesn't care about it. And the earth has to fix his in the, its internal problems. And, and the, basically, the, I mean, we got the Sisyphean theme because we think life is, is, is a myth of Sisyphus. We think every day you have to wake up and every day you have to go to sleep and, and you have to find some meaning in, in, in that process, you know, because it's, it can be really boring if you don't. And, and uh, we think it, when, once it gets boring, you need to start suffering again so you can find some meaning. And I think that's the suffering of pushing the boulder up the hill. And I think that that, that myth is just life. That's it. It's and not it, even yeah. a myth. And it, yeah. and it can speak to a lot of things because it could be like, I don't know, it could be a, you, you could have crippling depression and like just the idea of even getting out of bed and like, you know, going outside it could be like this monumental task for you because you have stuff going on. You could hate your job and you're like, I can't, I just like, I can't believe I have to push myself through this every day. You know, maybe you're in a, um, you know, a toxic relationship and you have no idea how to get out of it. I mean, it's really applicable in so many ways, you know, and I'm, you could look on it, like you said, on a global scale, like sort of like we're just we're trying to move forward with things and be better people. But there's just a lot of, you know, jerk offs that are self-centered and, and holding up the progress. And for it is. 
mostly just monetary reasons, you know, at the end of Absolutely. the day. Greed. It is. Greed, yeah. But greed is going to exist everywhere. That's the thing. People think that there's a solution to that, and there is not. Because humans are humans, and as long as we, we stay in, in Earth and we don't uh, travel spiritually to a different place, it's going to be the same thing. I mean, everybody's greedy. I mean, yeah. in their own special way, but who, who isn't greedy? I mean, uh, the people that, that think they're not greedy, they're just thinking they're not greedy. They are greedy because they want to, uh, they, they ha I mean, if you have Instagram, you're greedy because you want to show everybody what you're doing. And it's like, that's, that's the thing with, the, with, with, with people that they, they, they think because they're thinking it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Like, oh shit! <laughs> I think I think us not being so involved in social media has brought us like the good part and the bad part. The good part is like he's saying, like we're supporting like the minimum, but it doesn't give you the 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 spot we like in music. Like, we want to share it with more and more people who, who appreciate our music. Mm -hmm. I mean, no, all the promo now and all the PR and everything, it's, a, it's around social media. So I think we're a bit we're lazy fucked. on that part. <laughs> we're <fucked>. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's great because it does allow for something like this to happen, which is really cool, you know, but, you know, at the same time, it's, you know, with the good comes the bad. And, you know, at the end of the day where we all thought like the platform was going to be this, this amazing thing and the internet was going to be a great thing. And it has had a lot of things. I certainly think that the internet's been a huge boon to metal, especially with like Doom and Stoner uh, and the adjacent genres. I think a lot of that following was built up on the internet. Um, but, you know, it all comes with the bad. And at the, the people that are running the show, they want to make a buck, you know, they just, oh, that's yeah. what they focus on. And so it's almost like a manufactured greed where everybody suddenly is like, look at me, look at me, you know, and like, it's hard work, you know, when you put it in and you're proud of it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it's sort of like the engine keeps pushing you to do more and more and like put more of yourself out there. And it's like, it does, it does hurt people. It has hurt people. Shit has gone wrong with this thing. So it's like, we're kind of at a crossroads now where the, the tools that we're given, like we're, yes, they have great intentions and can, do great things with them but at the same time it's like you know it's you have to have responsibility for that i think a lot of that's kind of fallen away it's like nuclear nuclear power yes it, it wasn't intended at all to, to make a bomb but they did it <laughs> and they're exactly. using it exactly because they so could it, it, yeah but what i what i love about about the 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 era before the internet was like i mean if i was seeing you on t on the t on tv and i saw a t-shirt that said television Maybe and I had no idea television was a band, and 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 that Tom Verlaine was a guitar player of the band, and he's a genius, yeah, and he's one of the best guitar players of all time, and nobody knows him. Then it, it was cool because I I would have thought that your T-shirt was about a TV, and then <laughs> I, 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 when I saw the logo somewhere, I would have made that connection. It would have taken me a long time to get there. So now it's cool that I can jump into knowing what television is in a second, but then. It's also cool that you have to look for it and you have to struggle. And that, that struggle is what brings you joy most of the time. Exactly. So now, nowadays it's immediate gratification and immediate gratification leads to boredom and boredom leads to the pressure, depression. And then it's all over, you know, 
And yeah, you're I, just I, constantly I, looking for things to like. Yeah, I you know I hate that sometimes because I mean I really love that if I want to listen to my crowbar records when I'm in the car, I just hit the play and I I'm listening to the record. But it used to be that I I, I thought oh crowbar oh my god I love that man so I had to go back home and I had to listen to the record itself and I had to put a needle on the record and I had to immerse myself in the record and really listen to it and nowadays and that happens a lot to us and it's really it's really I don't know how to say it's frustrating because people maybe listen to one song we put out and they they go like oh this sounds like Nirvana slowed down I don't want to listen to that and you maybe you're not listening to a whole thing that you would have liked a lot but you have your like people are very judgmental nowadays because they have everything in the palm of their hands you know what I mean so it's frustrating because it's like come on give it a chance the people automatically dismiss it. They don't even listen to it. You know what I mean? They don't even try. It's just, I mean, it's easy to form a, uh, an opinion very quickly on the internet these days. You know, I, even if I don't love an album, I do try to give it like the whole listen to. And yeah, for just me, try. Yeah. And for me, it just saves, I think, myself and like, you know, whatever my proverbial audience, like all the, all the 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 woe of being like oh this fucking was horrible bland that i just next 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 you yeah. know i i've listened That's to so true. much music this year that i'm like this is fine but i have nothing really else to say about it you know exactly no i mean this is that's true i mean but when you listen to technical ecstasy and try listening uh, listening to it again the first maybe four songs are just mind-blowing to me and it's a completely different style i mean it's not not even close to the original sabbath you know which i love i mean which is my favorite band of all time but it's not like the like the evil sounding sabbath you know it, this is more mm-hmm. like a party sabbath but it's really cool and this right. to me sounds more like uh, like it sounds much more like Kaya's or like fu manchu and it sounds cool but people dismiss it automatically because if they feel it's not is it going to be cool if they like it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, I hate the word guilty pleasure. I, I, I don't care <laughs> yeah. what people think about what I listen to. Yeah. And I mean, you know, even further to speak of that, like if you're talking about a platform like Spotify, which like there's no money there for, for artists, it's like oh my pennies, God. you know, it's, cool. it's a racket and it, and, and like, I'm, and again, I use it. Certainly I use it to, I certainly use it to find artists and, and, listen to it but if i'm going to support them it's like go to Bandcamp or go to their specific websites to support them directly but it's yeah i mean we just live in this very bizarre plane of existence and and world where yeah it's amazing that you can go onto your phone and you can look up this the like boren and the club of gore and you can listen to all of it and say wow i really like that and if you're are, and if you have the the opportunity to do so, you're going to say, I'm going to go buy some of like that on vinyl or whatever physical medium. I'm going to see what I can buy so I can like support that. But most, you know, oh, man. people it just, used to be you know, really hard. <laughs> I mean, Alex and I used to go to a, a place up like north of the city that there was the only shop that you could buy metal records in Mexico City. I mean, well, there were maybe five shops all around the city. This was one of them. And, and we found out so many great bands going there that we i mean it was impossible for us to find so it was really cool because every saturday we went there and we we would get something really strange like we we found out about dark tranquility there i remember mm-hmm. that day and it was like 
how can you find out something so obscure and so weird from you know uh, Norway or Sweden or places so far away before I mean after the tape trading but we couldn't get even we couldn't do even tape trading because Mexico was so far away from like post didn't work here so if you wanted to trade tapes it was impossible so we had to go there and buy tapes there or buy CDs there and we found out like I think that was the first place we ever found out about maybe typo negative or mm -hmm. uh, or bands like that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Dream, Alex. Dream Theater. Oh, we found out Dream Theater. So it, it had it's good things and it bad bad things, you know. <laughs> <laughs> My but uh, well, you know, you're you were you know talking about all of the. Um, you know, all the music that you like checked out. And I think like, you know, that shows in the album, like you can hear everything, you know, shoegaze, synth, ambient, post-rock, like even when you were making the joke about um, like Nirvana, it being slowed down. I, there's a part or there were parts in there. Where I was like, this definitely sounds like a Nirvana riff and like, that's totally cool and fine. Oh, yeah. But like also like, you know, failure, the band failure, like oh, yeah, kind of like yeah. 90s alternative sound, industrial. And of course, you have like, you know, your grueling doom and stoner metal riffs. Like, you know, the closing track has like a very sort of like ohm style approach, but sort of like by way of like Paradise Lost. And you also have like a bunch of guests on the album, you know, in addition to you working with Trevor and Dale, um, you have live violinist and cellist and an opera singer. And which I feel like a lot of the time when bands do that, they just will use a keyboard or kind of like some a program to make drop in those background vocals or whatever. But like you actually brought those people in to do it, which is really oh, bad. Yeah. yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were very afraid to sound like a speed metal, like very emotional <laughs> speed metal band. Like you know, we we spoke with 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 the guys. We spoke with the with the musicians, great musicians, by the way. Like like. Very, very nice musician. Very talented, yeah. <laughs> and we said we don't want to sound like, 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 like please. We we composed it like we we did the main idea. They played mm -hmm. it because we don't play cello or violin. But uh, <laughs> so we said we don't want to, to, to. We don't want people to listen to us and like, like go to the to that place that speed metal takes. You know, like the, the, the smiling face of music. And we, they said like, what speed metal? So we had to play some bands. I don't want to speak bad about anybody, but we we played in some speed uh, metal bands. We don't want to listen. We don't want to to, to to get to this. And they were yeah. like, "Oh, cool!" And I think it came great, like very obscure, but yet very classical, and yet. And then he did like a. He, he was like the director of the of the musician. He never did it before, but he did great. I mean, we, we had no idea how to do that. And Toshi told us, you guys have to, because we, we, we've, I mean, Toshi came here to Mexico City to record because it was easier to record the, the violins and everything mm -hmm. here. And, and, and Toshi was like, you guys have to organize. I mean, I mean, Toshi is amazing. The way he mixes is just mind blowing to me. I mean, it's, he told us, I don't want the strings to pop. I just want them to be behind like on yeah. the mud on the mud you know because we didn't want to sound like nightwish or a band like that i mean we have no problems with that but we we didn't want it right to be symphonic course. symphonic metal or something like that so we wanted it to be like 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 hidden behind the mix so it was really it was it was really, really a, a hard uh, task because we've never recorded uh, with the classical musicians before 
and and it, it was amazing. I mean, we were really stunned the way these people perform, and they're really professionals. I mean, oh my God, it's just stunning how how precise and how immense this sounds. You know, to us it was amazing. It was a great experience, and and we really wanted to 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 do something really big with this record because it was a closing record, and it was it was. I mean, if you if you follow the names, it was this was the winter. Of, of mm-hmm. the whole thing, so it was like the end. But then again, it was the beginning, because the winter ends and then starts everything starts again. Yeah, so, it's the cycle. Exactly. So we were back to Kafuku, which is like the surrendering. I mean, because the whole cycle goes th- th- that way. I mean, you start the cycle starts with winter, maybe. So if you could start with Fuyu and then go all the way to Kafuku, but Kafuku is when you when you surrender. So. After winter, after the sadness, you, you come to a point where you realize because after so much suffering, you have to realize that everything's going to be you all right. It. You accept yeah. it. And so that, that was the, the, the whole thing. And I mean, we love Nirvana. We love it. I mean, don't get me wrong. We, we love it. But uh, we never aimed to sound like them. Never. I mean, never in our wildest dreams. We were thinking of sounding like Nirvana and we did. And we love it. I mean, obviously, they all played with them. So that was a big part of, 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 of the Nirvana sound. And they were really close. They, they were like close friends. Oh, really yeah. Close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've yeah. talked to them about that. It, it's, it's really, it's a sad story. It's really, oh, I it's believe really it. depressing. It is. Well, there, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything, I don't think there's any like one song where I'm like, oh, this is just a Nirvana song. You know, it's just, oh, there's, no, no, like no. A, there's just like that hint of it where you're like, oh, I can, I can hear like a Cobain approach to it. And it to- and it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's just a little part, and it you know, and and like that's what's really great. And you know, you're talking about sort of, um, I don't know, maybe burying is not the right word, but as you layer in the 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 string arrangements and that kind of stuff, and like the and the operatic vocals, it's um, you know, like, like John Carpenter once said, you know, the music doesn't always have to be in your face or the main part. Sometimes it's like the carpeting of the floor. You know, John Carpenter, the filmmaker I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, it can be kind of like the carpeting, you know, it just has to make it feel really nice. And that's kind of like the same feeling where it just, you know, because string arrangements can be wildly inappropriate for a song that doesn't need it. But this has that element of it and that atmosphere and and depth where it kind of would make sense for this to start just popping up a little bit and like emanating, you know, and just as it goes and goes and proceeds and, and what have you. And yeah, I mean, it's an amazing closing track, you know, like one of my biggest problems is when a band puts out, like they put out a record and like, let's just say it's 11 songs and you hear the 10th song and you're like, damn, that was such a good one. And then there's just this other track and you're like, why is this here? Like, why did, what, what, is, what, what is this? Did you just like need to do it? And that's not the case here. This feels like a really nice, like, closing but as you said like kind of opens the door to start it over again so it's an interesting perpetual concept that you're working with oh yeah i know and as you said before i mean we we talked uh, about this a lot but a lot of bands they just focus on the sound and they just want to make a record that fits in the in the in the you know in the, the with the bands that are popular in that mm-hmm. moment and alex and i talked about it a lot and we said i mean we could go the easy way and just write a really, really, really heavy stoner riff and repeat it like a hundred times and sing like, uh, and we like that style of music, but we thought like that was very crowded, you know, mm-hmm. and we didn't want to sound like any other band that's out there. We wanted to do something different 
that 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 we had in our minds and we didn't care what people thought about it you know and that because if you listen to a record it's like 10 styles smashed on on top of each other you know it, it's not one style but we we didn't we didn't care about uh, about uh, about that we what, what we wanted to accomplish was something much more bigger than that so i, I agree with you i mean most of the pe- most of the bands nowadays they don't they don't focus on songwriting they just focus on sound and they just want to sound like one specific like i mean i i hear all the bands now sound like electric wizard mm-hmm. and it's a little depressing because it's like electric wizards are already there you know you can't go and listen to the records why would i want to listen to a record that's copying electric wizard exactly with the same images the same sound the same even the same riffs sometimes could you know? even have this could even have one of those two words in the name <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, there's a couple of those. <laughs> and there's one from Mexico that has a band name, uh, one of the songs there. And it's cool. I mean, it's nice. People are doing stuff out there and it's cool. But I think there's, like I said before, there's a lot of sheep and too, many, too, little, too little shepherds. And mm-hmm. I think we need more shepherds. We need, we need to, to do something new and we need to start uh, giving music new life again because it's, it gets really boring when one band starts doing something new and then a hundred bands come after that you know what i mean yeah it's it's depressing because that means like do something new do something different why 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 keep doing the same thing over and over again you know sometimes i i get you know i'm like i'll i'll be going through the year and i'm like oh man like i certainly have enjoyed some doom and stoner metal albums for sure like i like it like even the stuff that's you know it's tried and true i'm like if you do make good if you do it well, then like you do it well, but I'll, I'll get to a point like halfway through the year and I'm like, shit, man, I haven't had like the record that like jumps out at me yet, you know, cause, yeah. uh, and then, you know, this album comes along and I'm like, Oh fuck, I needed that. Like, I just needed to hear that because oh, I'm like, Oh, there, there's still hope. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Really, really, no really appreciate it. I mean, thank you. It's great to hear that people appreciate it because I mean, even if you don't care what people think about your music, it's really great when somebody likes it because you feel somebody's connecting with what you're feeling. And, and even if it's out of, out of time and even if it's not what's popular right now, if somebody gets it, it's great. It's a great feeling. It's something that's so special. You, I mean, you have, to, you have to, it has to happen to you so you understand, but it's great. It's amazing. Absolutely. Even um, if it's one person, I mean, that's it. That's all we need. <laughs> what um kind of the last question about um you know uh you know playing and and doing this like so like what's your approach to writing guitar parts because it's like you both play guitar you know normally i don't know why for whatever reason i thought it was interesting that like you both um were approaching it from a guitar focus i mean it's a very guitar forward band like they are but it, it whereas like it's interesting how it's almost like two rhythm sections like the two guitars like really you create the sound and then of course there's like you know soloing and experimental sections but then you have like the actual rhythm section you know the bass and the drums it's interesting how it's almost like they're separate but then like you know powers combined kind of comes together you get the final product so i was just wondering like how do you separate the guitar duties like do you work on it just collaboratively does someone take lead on one and you swap off on others whatever Oh man, uh, it's, it's like a, it's a very tough question because we even sometimes discuss about it because it's, 
I think it's the the, the most difficult part of a of a band mm-hmm. to think to, to, to think the idea you have for a song. I think playing so much time together has led us to to to, to have every, every everyone has its like its own uh, parts of the songs and the writing mm-hmm. and everything. But it's a very difficult question to answer, not to ask to answer, because I mean. Mostly Eddie does the riff, the rhythm guitar, and 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 I do the lead. But sometimes Eddie do, does lead, and uh, sometimes I do rhythm. But mostly it's Eddie rhythm, and I do lead. Mm. What do you so, think, Eddie? I, I think, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's 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 been as Alex says. I mean, we've we've been playing for such a long time that we we mostly know what we're gonna do. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I know what he's gonna do, and he knows what I'm gonna do, and I mostly come up with a riff. And then Alex, Alex has very big hands, so he has, he, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, that's true. I mean, he has a span that is like, he goes from fret one to, to nine or something like that. It's just crazy. <laughs> so there's stuff that even if I could, if I tried to play, I couldn't because it's like, and he does a lot. I mean, he does a lot of the, of the, like the, the arpeggios that, that, that are on the record. And, and we, I think, I think the main idea was let's do a super heavy riff with very, very dreamy arpeggios on top. Mm-hmm. And then let's just layer it with tons of ideas. And I think that's the way we, we started out. And as Alex says, sometimes, I mean, most of the time I do the riffs, but sometimes he, he would do a riff. So we changed everything up. And then uh, he, he, he started playing all the leads on top and, and, and Toshi would do his magic and suddenly... It, it would sound like exactly what we wanted to do, but uh, it's re- it's a really hard question because we've been playing for such a long time that we don't even think about it. We just do it. It's like right. I, I, we, we, we get together and it's like, what, what are you thinking? Oh, I'm thinking of this, I'm thinking of this. And then we would just meld them together and then we would have a song. Kofuku, it wasn't Kofuku. We got together with some of, of uh, like just to... He, Eddie wanted to show me what he has. I wanted to show him what he, what I had, and everything uh, matched together. It was like it was very magic. very easy to like magic, really. Yeah, because... it was like Kofuku. It was like magic. It, like everything matched together, and then we started to to make it work, like to make to, to build a song because <laughs> we only yeah. had like clean parts. Yeah, mm-hmm. we. I mean, we're writing and writing every day for ten years, and we we came up with the best we've written for the last ten years. And Alex played his stuff. I played my stuff. And then he was like, okay, let's put this and this together. And then this and this together. And then this and this. And then we had a record. Mm-hmm. And then boom, we just recorded it. And he was like, like Sabbath recorded the first record in a day. I think yeah. the best, the best stuff comes out like immediately. It's like just. We did it on four days. Yeah. I think it was four or five studio days. I don't remember. I think it was really quick. I mean, not as quick as Sabbath, but it was like maybe <laughs> four or five days. I mean. That's the probably the best record of all time, and it came out in a day. They recorded everything in one day, and yeah, I think it, the the best stuff comes out like really fast. Yeah, sort of like in the moment, you know, you got to get it down. It's like, I mean, I, I'll have that too. Like, I'll think of something, and I'm like, shit, I got to write it down because if I don't remember it, I'm not gonna, re- re- you know, use it. It's just gonna fall out into the ether. It's, and this is it's like, magic. This is a good idea. I think it's magic. It is. It's magic. I think it just comes like. Like you're thinking and thinking of something for years and you have no idea how to translate it to music. 
and then suddenly it pops up and you have to record it really i i had like maybe 20 20 of 20 songs easy that i'm in the shower and i'm just thinking of a, of, of something in my mind of uh, of a vocal line and then i had to run out away from the shower and grab my phone and uh, i swear i have like 20 mess 20 voice notes where i'm just singing in the shower my phone getting wet because i can't leave that idea because if i leave it i know it's not going to come back it's like a magical moment from god you know it's like illumination and then mm -hmm. boom that's it if you yeah. don't grab it it goes and I, you I, won't yeah. remember it i that's why when i'm like in bed i try not to think about anything like on a creative level because i'm like if i do this i'm gonna be awake and if i do this i'm not gonna remember and i'm just gonna fall asleep <laughs> yeah but sometimes you gotta be awake because if you lose mm -hmm. oh, that, yeah. oh my god i mean imagine just imagine if 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 i mean so many great songs would have like the 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 writer would have fallen asleep and he would forgot the song, the, the whole thing imagine what we, we we've lost as a human race it's just amazing <laughs> i mean i mean it's just it's just like magic i think music you don't have to think about it you just have to let it flow mm -hmm. and that that that's what we do in the studio i mean alex alex has, has had this mentality all i mean i'm very 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 obsessive and he's just free-flowing and I mean, like, hey, how are we going to accomplish this? And he's like, just let it be. Just let it be. And then we let it be. And then, it, boom, it happens. And I'm, like, very, very, very uh, protective. And, you know, you know, I'm just, like, very, very, I don't know how to say it in English. It's like. You're structured, you know. It's sort of yeah. like a, um, uh, it's like a compulsive, compulsive thing. Yeah. You know, you're like, and, oh, I just want to do it like this. And I have to look at Alex and say, what, what are we going to do? And he said, look, just let it go. Just let it be. And, and, and Toshi is also like Alex. So we just let it be oh, yeah. and it just happens. And, it, and I'm frustrated and I'm, afterwards I'm happy because I, I let it go and, and it just happened and, it, and it's good. So we, we trust our instincts all the time, all the time. Good. We're really happy with that. Yeah. So now that the trilogy is over, like what's, what's in the future? Now, obviously this is out, you know, this is, you know, it's, it's, it's being listened to and whatnot. So I'm assuming you kind of want to like coast on this for a while, but what, what yeah. do you, do you have plans down the road for future recordings? Are you going to, are you looking to switch anything up or whatever? I think we definitely want to do something heavier mm -hmm. for sure. So, but we're going to do something completely different. I mean, we don't, we, we think we don't have any more stuff down this road. We have to do something down another road because we, we've always thought that bands, have like four or five records in one style in them. Mm -hmm. And then it's just repetition. So we think this is the end of the line for that. And we want to do something completely different. I mean, the same vein, obviously, but maybe I, 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 we were talking the other day, maybe we want to do something a little bit uh, slower and maybe a little bit heavier, like uh, in terms of, of uh, not in terms of lyrics, but in terms of, of uh, uh, sound. We mm -hmm. want to do something super, super slow. We want to do the slowest recording ever. I mean, before or maybe not. Or maybe, or maybe not. <laughs> maybe we want to do super. I mean, we love black metal, so we've all, all, always thought the idea of, of doing some something in that. We thing. did a uh, black metal song, but we didn't take it out. Uh, we didn't we like it. Black metal there, so we do from Sweden or Norway, so we, we're gonna keep it down. But yeah, we're yeah. Gonna try. maybe one day. Maybe we're gonna I do da dancing covers because Alex looks a lot like dancing. So maybe... <laughs> <laughs> he's too tall. He's too tall for him. That's right. But he has the same look. 
You could think mm. that's Glenn. I mean, wow, he's wider. <laughs> he's <laughs> certainly that big, bigger neck. B bigger neck. No, big, I think more, we're gonna more do... of a more of a widow's peak. Oh, yeah. And I don't have the muscles. He, I'm he, missing the muscles. He's trying. Like he's trying. He's going to the gym every day. <laughs> you gotta Maybe. get like a really big belt buckle. Oh yeah, uh, like no, a I, huge. I don't know how he's in now with that buckle. I think I it's just. I, it's, I don't what? get it. He has to take his belt off every time he sits, he sits down, right? Or, because that, or he has a really small dick. Oh, maybe <laughs> a tiny one. <laughs> How can you fit you, that in there? Did you see the comic book that came out? Like, oh, my the, God. The Glenn and Ron, Dan, uh, the, the, the Glenn, the Rollins. Danzig, and, and Henry Rollins. And Henry, and Henry yes. Rollins. That's yes. my favorite one. That's yeah. amazing. Oh, my it's God. You reminded me it's of the best. that. <laughs> Talking about his dick. Yeah, um, but I think I think we're gonna do something very, 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 very soon and very, very, very slow. I think it's gonna be like heavy as hell. But every time we think about something heavy, we do something that's not heavy. So mm. probably <laughs> be something like Morrissey or the Smiths or something like that, which we really like. I mean, yeah. we're big fans of the Smiths and the Cure and mm. all the, the the goth bands from the from the late seventies, early eighties. So maybe we'll do something in that vein also. I don't know. But we we're definitely working on something now. For right, sure. Well, I mean, it'll be interesting regardless of what it is. Oh yeah, yeah. We're happy. We're happy to keep going, and and we don't want to stop ever because I mean, we 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 couldn't stop making music. I mean, mm -hmm. if if it's together or by by ourselves, we have to. I mean, you can't stop. You know, it's like like once a, a friend of mine t uh, told me something that I always remember because I said that back like ten years ago when the whole streaming thing was exploding i said what's going to happen to musicians now everybody's uh, making records that they're not making any money anymore and he said you know what if it's art everybody's going to do it regardless of the, if they get paid or not because you have to you have to do it it's something inside you that you can't you have to scratch that itch you know you can't let it just burn mm -hmm. and i think i think we have to keep going regardless of what or what style or what type of music we do we have to keep going and it's going to come soon. I mean, it's, the, the inspiration is going to come soon. I mean, there's so much stuff going on everywhere in the world that inspires you that, I mean, how can you stop? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, kind of speaking on that, have you been listening to anything uh, recently that you that's really like grabbed your attention? Oh, my God. There's so many things. I think it's, the new low record is great. Oh, God. That's just, I think there's no band ever that's done that that like have you heard the last two records they did i have not i mean i'm i'm uh familiar with low they do the um they do like the really like super minimalist uh music oh yeah but you have to listen to the last two records mm -hmm. they're just insanely insanely the i mean crazy there's just no way to explain that how they sound they're just like it's like like putting metal in a blender and just pushing play that's it that's the sound you get so it's like really hard to understand what they're doing but they're just pushing the envelope i mean really it's the the most out there music i've listened to in the last couple of years for sure and no there's a lot of things going on i mean i really like the like all these the folk guys what like the new folk wave that's going on there's great stuff out there then there's like awesome metal records by like old bands I mean, I, I listen to a lot of stuff from the 70s and 60s, but there's tons of record, like new records from 
like there's there's a great great record that I was listening to the other day. I don't know if you know the band Enslaved. Oh yeah, I've seen them. Oh my god, they just also they're just amazing. I mean, they just yeah, blow they my crush mind. it live. Oh my god, they just crush everyone. I mean, because they they started as a really primitive like black metal band. Yeah, and now they they're just, like this giant prog unit. Yeah, but I mean, this just prog with great taste. Because yeah. every time they go prog, like the the stuff Ethan was doing at the end, I I I I like it, but I I don't I don't I'm not crazy that much. And these guys are just pushing it, but in a in the right way, you know. Yeah. Like like with this like all the Swedish influence, like the the prog Swedish prog influence from the seventies. But mm-hmm. then the like the super heavy black metal influence and the well they created, and the, the, all these elements. Then I've, I've been listening to a lot of Yoko, you know Yoko Ono, oh, yeah. like solo stuff is just mind blowing. Uh, what else? Uh, I really liked uh, all, my, all this, the soundtracks from the seventies. I love like mm-hmm. the, like the obscure movie soundtracks. Uh, a lot of brutal truth, you know, the, the, all the reissues. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yesu, I love Yesu. Oof, there's so much stuff and you have to like go back to your list because now there's so many records you listen to every day that you have to go and check what you've recently played to, you know? It's not that you have all your bunch of CDs and you're like, oh yeah, I listen to this, this and this. have to go and like, what did I listen to yesterday? Yeah. I don't even remember that. There's a lot of stuff. I've been listening to the last Swans records, which are really good. And all the, the like the, the all, obviously the first Swans, like mm-hmm. all Swans, I love Swans. The, that last Paradise Lost, a uh, like couple of albums were really nice also. I love the last record that came out. I thought it was oh, great. It's great. Oh, the the last Boris is great. The, the No? Yeah, it was def- It was weird. It was like they did like a punk album. Yeah, but it starts off really slow and then it goes like really fast. Yeah, like, it, was, typical it was strange. Then, I uh, think Boris was the last band I saw live before COVID. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they're really loud. They're, they're amazing. They're oh my God, fantastic. they're just fantastic. Uh, I think there was a great record by, I think, oh, well, The Last Corrupted. Did you listen to that Last Corrupted record? I think I did, yeah. I mean, they're Corrupted, it kicks ass. I think you can listen to Corrupted for years and not get tired. Disgusting just, music. Oh my God, but just the best. I mean, they make one song at 70 minutes and it's it, you never get tired of it. <laughs> it's just amazing how they can do they pull something like that and, you not know, an easy task oh not at all and the classic I mean I've, I've been getting a lot into the uh, the first Cure records you know the, the trilogy of uh, mm-hmm. Faith 17 Seconds and Pornography I can't stop listening to that I've been listening to a lot of John Barry you know the, the soundtrack composer that he's amazing man he just breathes music it's just amazing how, how much music he can pull out and you know, I don't. Uh, it's really hard to remember what I've listened to. A lot of Duster and Bedhead, a lot of that mm-hmm. stuff. I love that post, like post rock from the two thousands. Uh, Bark Psychosis, a lot of them. I don't. Uh, karate. I've listened to a lot of Karate also. Karate is great. I love Karate. They had, they're just like great musicians doing something really innovative for that time, like you know, like pop jazz. It was great. And obviously, you know, you know, you got your Miles Davis, Coltrane, yeah, the classics, the classic stuff. Always Sabbath. Sabbath, well, obviously. Sabbath. I never get out of there. <laughs> yeah, every time we get bored, we listen to Dope Smoker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. You're That's out of my medicine, man. 
That's a medicine. When you don't have anything to listen to, just go to Dope Smoker. That's it. <laughs> I'm a holy, I'm a holy mountain guy myself. I mean, I oh, love yeah. holy mountain, but uh, I think they pushed the. I mean, Dope Smoker is just wow, monolithic. It's just wow. I just can't believe they put out something like that so good. You know, that lasts so long, with the same riff repeating each other, itself each other, all the time. And I, I'm really amazed by Scott Walker. I think that's one of my favorites also. I'm like peripherally uh, uh, knowledge of his stuff, like very lightly, but like the album he did with Sun was like, I'm like, this is so fucking weird, but it's pretty rad. But do you know that he, he used to be like a really famous singer in the 60s, in the 50s, 60s? Yeah, he was like a pop like, guy. Yeah. And how can he stop? And then suddenly in the 90s, he put a record out. That's like nobody, nobody could even come close to that. In, 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 and he was like 65 years old. But the people that used to listen to his music couldn't, couldn't, couldn't listen to that new stuff. It was so out there, so advanced. It, was it wasn't just... made for them, you know? It oh, was, no, no, it was but... made for like literally anybody else. You know, he was trying to tap into like new. <laughs> I don't even know if the other audience was ready for it at that time, you know? And then eventually like, you know, you're someone like me who doesn't really know too much about him and uh then he passes away and suddenly everybody and he's talking like, about and him. my mother is like oh my god he was so amazing he was this that and he's done this and i like look it up i'm like oh like you know he did an album with son so obviously i like listened to it and then you realize like wow this guy actually has been incredibly influential and over you know the course of his musical career and you're just like i had no fucking clue yeah, but it's amazing to me that he could do something like the first four records and then come with something like Tilt, which is like really creepy or dark. That's the heaviest thing for me. I mm-hmm. mean, if you want to know something heavy music, that's heavy music. I mean, that's heavier than black metal. Like mm-hmm. this guy singing like with his baritone voice, mm-hmm. doing something so strange as, as, as that record, like the Tilt record, when he started to do all this really, really creepy stuff, uh, really dark with the strings and his voice and the lyrics and like poesy and wow. I mean, he's great. He's amazing. One of the best and so underrated, just like Lee Hazelwood, you know, really underrated musicians mm-hmm. that really blow most of the people out of the water and nobody knows about them. And I love that because once they get really popular, there's some sort of feeling that you, you don't like them anymore because everybody's listening to them. It's not but as special. <laughs> it's not as special, exactly. But this is like this is like a secret, you know. Yeah. So few people know about them. Mm-hmm. It's it's really cool. Anything? Anything you want to you want to throw in, Alex? You've been listening to. Oh no! I told you, I'm the quiet one. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Glenn Danzig, but doesn't speak. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> I speak. I speak. In that case, I mean, you know, it's been really great conversation with the two of you. Is there anything that you want to plug? You know, obviously, Fuyu is out now. I would implore everyone to go listen to it because it fucking rules. Well, I hope people listen to it. Hope people listen to it and they give it a spin and hope they like it. And and they could, they, and if they don't know us, they could uh, hope they listen to all the other records we put out. And and I mean, we'll be back soon with something. And I mean, we, we only hope people listen to the records and they like them. And, and we're really grateful for this interview. We're really grateful for everything. 
Of course, man. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure to to you know kind of like peek behind the curtains and see like what's going on with the the project in fall and get to know you. Oh, so, thanks. but yeah, I would implore everyone, like I said, to go listen to the album. You can find it on Bandcamp. Uh, you can go to the Magnetic Eye Records uh, website and find out more information about it there. Keep up the great work, and hopefully, be able to see you um, stateside sometime soon. You know. Yeah, so. we want to tour maybe next year, or maybe. Uh, 2023 the whole the whole trilogy thing all right well you let me know and i'll try to be there yeah i mean we're we're gonna play new york for sure so yeah awesome all right well uh thanks again for coming on and that'll do it for this chapter of the diary thank you thanks so much and congratulations for your podcast for your work keep keep up the the good work thank you i appreciate it i appreciate it it's amazing thank you
look at Bono. I mean, he he used to be a really good and really big, and now everybody hates him because he he took a different role that he should should have had. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, I, Bono annoys the piss out of me. So. Oh my god! I think everybody. <laughs> <laughs> what a narcissist, man. I don't really want to spend my time stepping on people's fucking toes and whatnot. So I try to like remain positive unless it's like, you know, like fucking Danzig singing Elvis, which we all knew was going to be <laughs> garbage to begin with. And it fucking was garbage to begin with. And I have no it problem is, saying it that it was like objectively. It's just, this is crap. It is. I mean, he's done so many amazing things. I don't understand why he did that. I mean, I don't get it. And I, I love the whole I mean, thing about him. Like, oh my God. He's one of my favorite artists of all time. And I don't understand. I mean, obviously, it was, everything was a, a consequence of, of, of everything, you know? I mean, if you trace it back to the beginning, you understand why he ended up the way he ended up, you know? Of course. But, I mean, I, mean, I, I really like maybe the first six records that Dan, I mean, in terms of Danzig. Mm-hmm. And the last ones are good also. But, I mean, maybe the, four, the first four are just mind-blowing. It's yeah, just like, they are pretty fun. It's very silly, but I do enjoy it. I mean, I know what his problem is. He's I from love New Jersey. <laughs> that's his I problem. Mean, exactly. It, it has to be. And that's his problem. Yeah. 